you're listening to Performance Check, a show about how to make deeper and richer characters through panel discussions and interviews with your favorite Twitch streamers and actual play podcasts. In this episode, we'll be discussing evil characters, how to play them, things to watch out for, and what it looks like to play in an evil game. So for this episode, I've brought in some of the cast from the Evil Is As Evil Does podcast, so let's take a quick minute to meet our guests. Um, Amber, let's go ahead and start with you. Uh, who are you? What do you do in the world of RPGs? Fun factoids... Uh, hi, I'm Amber, and I have been playing in the Evil Campaign, Evil Is As Evil Does podcast, for about, oh, seven years? Nine. Nine, nine. nine years now. Wow. Um, so I've been playing for about nine years as a just as a player, and in the last year, it's coming up on a year actually in July, I started jamming for the first time. So I have my own podcast now on the Geekspective Network called Shapeshift. And that's all about me jumping right in and trying to start GMing for the first time. It's been kind of crazy. Wow. Um, fun fact. Cool. Good. Um, I hate celery. I mean, no one likes celery. There are people who tolerate it and who pretend to, but no one actually likes celery. That's... I like that nice, clean crisp. Oh, you're mm. disgusting. <sighs> Speaking of evil characters, uh, Josh. Sorry, Josh. What about you? Uh, howdy. I'm Joshua Long. You can find me on Twitter at EvilDMJosh. I am the GM uh, for Tales from Moxbury, which is on the Geek Spectrum Network, and I'm also the DM for Evil as Evil Does. Let's see, interesting factoid. I became a father six months ago. There you go. All right. And Very nice. Really Congratulations. Thank you. So evil characters. This is one of those things that if you go on, uh, I feel like most internet forums or something like that, or on Twitter, and you say, hey, guys, I think I'm going to make this evil character run an evil game, it's always one of the things that people say, no. Don't do it. Like even on the official like D and D podcast, he'll say this is something we really don't recommend. In the books, it doesn't even give options for playing evil characters. So, two That's things so to funny. discuss really quick. First off, what's the draw? I mean, everyone clearly kind of wants to do this, despite all the warnings against it. So, wh- why play evil characters? What's the draw with uh, playing these kind of characters? Well, it's so funny to me that like official things were being like don't do it because literally my first long-term campaign what two campaigns mm-hmm. i played in were both evil characters mm-hmm. i don't know for me the draw is like i've always i don't know it's like root it, just playing from a different perspective mm-hmm. like you're always constantly playing as like the good person like you think about games like fable and things where you get to choose your own path i i don't know there's just that draw to like try something outside the norm i guess yeah pretty much uh one of the really Drew, drew me to run a, like, uh, an evil game is more, most of the time in a lot of literature and shows and stuff you always see the good guys it's like all right well what really happens with the bad guys and so you get to explore that kind of yeah. world yeah okay so what sorts of things can be accomplished with uh, a darker game or an evil game that you don't get in the typical heroic swords and sorcery fantasy where everyone is like the scrappy band of adventurers what, what sorts of things tend to come to the surface in those kinds of games i think at least me being the player from the player side of things, it's like there's all this gray area. So I don't have to really worry about, oh, did I do something wrong? Um, I can always just kind of like justify things <laughs> to, start, to for my own motivations. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have to really worry about, I don't know. You don't have to worry about as much repercussions, I would say, in a way, because being playing evil characters 
you can go against every alignment you could say because usually good characters don't fight other good characters correct so evil characters you're like i can take on evil i can take on neutral i can take on good yeah it just opens up a lot of doors for more interesting options i think like character choice wise mm -hmm. so do you think by saying right you can do anything you've got all these options uh, i mean typically you always hear that by having things partially limited it gives it tends to give focus uh, do you find that that's not really the case when it comes to uh, alignment? And we're talking about kind of traditional D&D &D alignment here, even though that, you know, that carries over to all systems, really. Uh, so that is correct. Like, if they have infinite choices, it becomes super hard to kind of have some kind of drive. So in the long run, it, you actually have to lean on the DM or GM, what have you, to kind of guide them. So you need to give them, like, a common goal and... And a little bit of structure, usually at the beginning, you want to introduce some kind of structure, and then they'll, 100% uh, of the time, I've now seen, they will overthrow that structure and <laughs> then have their own goals. Um, but you always have to have them, if you let them just kind of just go wherever and do whatever they want, yeah, sooner or later, they're just like, mm, I don't know what to do. And so you'll spend two hours of your four-hour gaming time them just joking around instead of having some kind of goal. And a lot of times, like, the easiest goal to start out with is have a common enemy, and usually you generate that enemy by just taking something of value of theirs. And mm -hmm. then they're like, oh, that was my thing! And then you, that's a really easy hook for new parties to start up with. Okay. So just right at the beginning, hey, here's something really cool that you have. And then session two, nope, not anymore. I took it from you. Oh, not right away, no. Like, originally you should start with some kind of structure because usually if you're most people will start with like a level super low level campaign or game or whatever and so there are plenty of stronger people above them and a lot of times one could be like a mentor or a a boss or a just another society or organization that says like we need your help and so they give structure for right now of giving common goals right so like for example in our game um we started out you know, level one, and it was just like we got pit pocketed mm -hmm. by orphans that turned out to be part of a thieves ish guild. And then we kind of got roped into that thieves guild and just from there got connected to other guilds and eventually just kind of worked our way through that until we were like, F oh, excuse me. <laughs> until we were like, there's bleep number one. <laughs> until we were like, eh, we don't need no guilds. <laughs> let's be our own guild kind of deal um so that's kind of like the structure that josh put in front of us to begin okay. with mm -hmm. and by like giving them structure and introducing them to your story or your environment or whatever a lot of these hooks that come with regular rpgs will like start to reveal themselves and then after a while you're like you can fall into traditional some you could say traditional tropes of tabletop games and just with a different twist you could say but they're still there and people will grab onto them right and now a quick word from our sponsors like dice need more dice check out easyrollerdice.com for amazing dice including their gunmetal and rose gold collections when you visit make sure to use coupon code tome that's t-o-m-e at checkout and save 15 percent immediately Again, go to EasyRollerDice.com and use code TOME at checkout and save 15% and snag yourself some great dice and gaming accessories. Okay, so uh, one thing that I've, I've seen flagged up a lot in the past, and I've seen it in some, uh, some uh, PCs that I've had in my games, 
once somebody is evil, some of the reasons for why they should say continue working with these uh, with the rest of the party members when they could just sell them out, you know, for a quick to make a quick buck. Why would um, why would people who are inherently selfish work in these sorts of work in a, just a kind of a traditional adventuring party rather than you know screwing right. over the other you know everyone else to do your own thing? What uh, go ahead. Okay, so so this is fun for me because I know that when we started this campaign, Josh at least was cognizant of that fact. Like he didn't want us all just like immediately start, you know, PvPing. Um, so we spent. He opened up the door for us to make any kind of character we wanted, and actually kind of gently suggested, hey, maybe you should focus on being really good at a one thing. So we had a discussion before we sat down for our first session, like, what do you want to play? And we all, and I think at the time it was one, two, three, four of us. Yes, yeah. it was four of us. All made very niche character types. So, for instance, I basically play a flying Kleenex that can cast spells. Um, there's a Minotaur. Uh, there's a Skulk who sneaks. And then we had basically a Despot. Um, so... We came together all strong in one thing, but very weak in another. So I can give you an anecdote of something that Josh did to prove that we needed each other, where basically I was trying to steal something. Not my shtick, not something that I should be doing. I was like, oh, I'm invisible. I can I can do whatever I want to do. I'm a pixie. Screw you guys. And I went off, and I tried to steal something invisible, and I, I mean, I had eight hp i got i was killed essentially in a trap mm -hmm. and it was like oh shoot i really shouldn't have done this on my own i really needed to have the skulk character be doing this and so what josh did early on was reinforce that we need each other because we are really weak in certain other areas okay yeah like pretty much you should put up that that work up front to have a discussion during character creation to make sure that people don't step on their shtick and then throughout the game the game for all eternity don't be afraid to poke at them at their weakness because there is almost no well-rounded character that could do everything in most systems some systems sure there are some can be really powerful builds but... plus just in general in gaming on um, you know with even a normal quote-unquote game it's it's nice to be have a character that gets spotlighted so you know you don't want everybody to be even though I like the idea of being nothing but assassins together, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, you probably shouldn't because eventually it's it's just you don't get a chance to really shine unless you can make very specific assassins. Like I'm the poison assassin and I'm the knife assassin. And I'm the psychic assassin. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so a lot of what you all have described so far, it sounds like there was a lot of work that went on at the very beginning of the game, both from the GM side and also from the player's side. Um, do you think that playing in an evil game or playing an evil character is inherently harder than playing a more kind of traditional heroic character? Um, I think now, well, after playing for nine years, it's hard for me to get into the role of a, a normal oh, hero yeah. character. But um, I definitely know even just like when we were trying to get together, Josh was very choosy on who he picked as players as well. Like, knowing that we were going to do not just a one-shot or something that would last four sessions, that he wanted to have this going for a while, mm -hmm. he definitely cherry—well, and not everybody gets the opportunity to cherry-pick, but he got to basically look at personality types within our gaming group and see the ones that really worked well together. And so it's like a, it's a collaborative thing, so you want people to—I might be rambling here, no. but— 
it's a collaborative thing, so you kind of want people who are going to work work together on something. I, I actually... I, I think it's probably actually maybe easier, because yeah. I feel like a lot of times when you're presented with something in as a normal, like, good-aligned character, as humans, we're really good at seeing the gray spots and stuff, so I think it's really hard to act very polar. Does that make sense? Okay. Like, naturally? Okay. I don't know. Maybe I'm just spewing here. Yeah, I think it's probably easier to play good character, or easier to play evil versus good most of the time. Like, as long as the whole party is, you know, aligned more evil or more good, if you had that. Um, when you start mixing party members, like, I've actually played in a campaign before where I was the evil character and everyone else was good, and that's pretty hard. But it's more hard on the good players versus the evil right. player. Well, we even had an issue in our own game where we had a character who was lawful evil. Mm, yeah. And that's a really hard alignment to play, especially when it comes to like dealing with basically cops and, and, and government, depending on what law you're trying to abide by mm -hmm. as lawful evil evil. In fact, he had to had it have, in fact, he had to have an alignment shift mm -hmm. and he lost his, his despot class because he, he acted outside of his lawful evil nature and went into chaos chaotic no he went to neutral evil neutral evil yeah 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 but i think yeah i guess lawful evil is probably the hardest but then lawful good is like really really pigeonholed um but in general like playing good characters like you you have to follow usually a certain code of conduct right versus evil uh can get kind of weird and gray easily and you can be kind of fluid. Like we, I even see players now in our group that almost like fluid between chaotic evil and chaotic neutral. Like it's just, it just feels like there's more space to play in a verse of with what your values are as a character, an evil character versus good characters. Like at least with most good tropes is like, these, these are my values that I probably pretty much have to pick from versus mm -hmm. evils. Like, well, there's this giant gambit. Right. Yeah. Okay. I mean, cause an evil character could, in could theoretically do good stuff. Yes, and we've seen that. We've seen that. A lot. And that's what I like to do as a DM uh, for Evil as Evil does, is start pushing, like, I'm going to put you in these situations. And turns out, like, a lot of times, evil characters will do good things. Sometimes without realizing it. Yeah. But... <laughs> or sometimes <laughs> I'm guessing for the wrong reason, but it's still a yes. quote-unquote good thing. Uh, right, one thing but... that we... One thing we... Sorry, I'm, I'm going to come back to this in just a second, but before we go too far, uh, you mentioned how difficult it is to be playing uh, a mixture of evil and good characters. I wanted to kind of spend a little bit of time on that, because that's something that I, I see a lot of people talk about and I see a lot of struggle with. Mm -hmm. uh, so if, say, you're coming in, you want to play one of these characters that embraces the gray and is that morally flexible, I kind of do whatever I want, I want to explore all these things, but the rest of the party is kind of primarily good, neutral, whatever... What's what's the correct way to approach that? You, it's that's all like out of character, like kind of development prior. Yeah, because it's one of those things where you have to be really cognizant that you are playing a character, and this is a story that you're telling, and take yourself out of it. Like it's one of those things where if I sat down and I was gonna play an evil character with Josh's good character, it's like, hey, hey, Josh, we're gonna have conflict. This, there's gonna be times where we're gonna be having issues with each other in character is that something that you as a person as the player next to me can handle or would want to do not take it personally because i'm gonna act like a jerk to you or something yeah or try to steal like my motivation is to always you know sneak and steal right and being that evil player you you need to really 
be aware of how much damage you could be doing to the gaming experience if you play kind of right really pretty much if you play selfish because a lot of times that's what i've observed playing and seeing other people play an evil character in a good party is they pretty much become really selfish mm-hmm. compared to the rest of the party and that brings down yeah. the game yes it does right. especially when you have like the majority of the table is trying to accomplish something and you have that one or two people who are trying to unravel that and mm-hmm. it becomes very yeah hard to play in so in that case heard seen or i've actually you know played this once where a character that starts off evil but then you know by the end of it is more neutral or good and you kind of have that not that moral arc um is is that something that you see like happen naturally should i guess should if you've got a mix of good and evil characters should some start pulling the others towards their alignment or do you think things become more interesting when you when you keep that those polar opposite dynamics that strong light and strong dark uh, fighting against each other or should there be a mesh of it i don't think there's a correct answer for that because i that's i think really dependent on the group dynamics as people and what kind of stories and opportunities are presented during play um because it could go any way uh it it that's just how however the story unfolds in the fiction. Yeah. Um, but if you have like a super hack and slash, no, not no, but very little RP, you won't really engage that that much. And maybe yeah, you just fall in line to a trope of like I was evil, but you've turned me good or neutral yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, but that's really dependent on the party and what they all want to get out of the game. Yeah, and what their character, what they, what they, what they envision for their own character. Yeah, which I'm, I guess, I guess that's the kind of thing that needs to be more or less decided and discussed out of character rather than in character. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I know with our gaming group, we've been together for almost ten years, and we, I mean, the drives up to the studio or the drives back home or whatever, we spend a lot of time talking about and collaborating with each other on our characters. So if we have a question like, well, I acted this way tonight. What do you guys think about how my character was behaving? And then we, we kind of just talk about it, you know, and then take suggestions and kind of bring it back in. And like, well, how do you think this would affect blah, blah, blah? And I don't know. So it's good to always talk. Yeah. Just always be talking. <laughs> yeah. We're doing like a major overhaul right now for Tales from Moxray where we have hundreds and hundreds of words and email chains of like structuring gameplay and yeah. what to expect. So it's always good just to communicate uh, as players about what you want to get out of a game. Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing that uh, that you that I've occasionally seen come up when people try to play evil characters is, uh, I mean, for lack of a better word, they play some very very evil, dark people. Um, occasionally, mm-hmm. this is just like you know weird. 16 17 8 year old 18 year olds working out weird stuff in their mind and they just kind of mm-hmm. are testing boundaries um but i've also seen people become like genuinely uncomfortable become genuinely uncomfortable mm-hmm. with the actions that are happening at a game table and the justification is like no no no, i'm an evil character you knew this going in so you should have been expecting my character to burn all the orphans alive or whatever it is uh. So I know in recent times they've there's that X card and and like player agency discussions that happen and it's a thing that's really good to see now. Back when we first started Evil, I don't think that was really a thing that was no. talked about online or anything. But we did have a discussion. Hey, what is a no go zone? Like, what are the like? You just do not want to go there. You don't want to hear about it. Whatever. Um, and we. We had a good talk around that, and I think a couple of us, you know, for me was 
here I don't want uh, any sort of um, uh-huh. sexual misconduct, right. essentially, was sure. a no-go for me. Sure. Um, uh, I think uh, one other player was like, no children, children stuff. No, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. And that's not going to happen. Um, and basically Josh was just like, well, how gratuitous of like violence are you guys? And like, well, yeah, we'll just play it by ear. <laughs> Because because it's one of those things where it's like, you know, we as people consume media all the time. I mean, I immediately think of Game of Thrones, Mm -hmm. which is like one of my favorite shows. And it's pretty horrible. And I can think of like Ramsey as one of like the the evil character. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to be playing those kind of people. So we did talk about that at the very beginning. Yeah. And even though like you talk about it from the DM's perspective, uh, what I kind of played uh, by ear was it's like I would introduce some kind of you know evil topics, but I didn't really do certain present certain you could say messed up scenarios or what have you until I saw the players kind of dip into those elements themselves because then right. it gave me at the DM like a green light of like oh they broached the they broached that subject in play and the rest of the table was fine or at least seemed like they were fine. Right. Then I can introduce that kind of element of evil stuff as well. Right. Um, like torture, for instance, yeah. was a thing that was like, oh, well, that's what they're going to do. Yeah. Then, then I can basically do it back to them or describe it to them as well. Right. But one caveat is over time, you may come across stuff that happens in game that you didn't think to bring up at the very beginning, which yeah, we, right. we have had several of what we call like party fouls yeah, <laughs> or <guess> like <laughs> whatever um where it's like we're in an action we're in something and mm-hmm. it's happening oh, yeah and then afterwards we all sit back and go oh that was not okay that was not okay um again that's whole talking thing like <laughs> it's okay to stop a game and go whoa is was that okay everybody are we okay with that or do we need to redact that from canon like right yeah, it's happened twice, twice in the podcast where we recorded that, and then after we we're done playing, or maybe even the next day, one of the players is like, that was not okay. And so we, I literally, when editing the podcast, just made that go away, and so thus was not canon anymore. Right. That, but most people don't create their own podcasts that they can mm-hmm. do, like, that is my story, canon, just listen to it kind of thing. So, like, for most, I'd assume for most pl- uh, parties and groups, it's like, when someone says that's not okay, even if it's days later, then it's not okay. And, yeah. Um, but nowadays, yeah, like we don't do the X card, but oh my gosh, just I if, if I had a brand new spanking group, I'd be like, there's an X card in the middle of the table, touch right. it anytime. Or yeah, each everybody you know hold it up, yeah, right, right, something. Right. And as uh, so, this is one of those things where as people are more and more moving to uh to, to streaming their games to like uh, to broadcasting it online, which is great. More people are finding out about RPGs than ever before. It's fantastic. It seems that there isn't quite that freedom to be able to make those sorts of mistakes if it's all yeah. if it's live. all happening live. Uh, so, is there anything that you think you might do different if instead of recording "Evil Is as Evil Does" as a podcast, it was being done as a Twitch stream? How oh, do you man, think you might man. change how you do things? When are we going to stream? Oh, I you know, right? I uh, bring that up every time every streaming time. comes. Up, you're like Amber, when are we going to stream? Yeah, I'm like, oh, I gosh. really want. I, that's the logistics that I've been thinking about for a really long time. Um, I think it's. Before I would go into a session, it'd be kind of like, because like at that point it's like, how much is um, I don't know how production stuff happens for Twitch game or like the streaming yeah. stuff. Like, do they actually like sit down? We're gonna do X Y Z, or is it supposed to be all improv? Like, depends I, on the DM. Okay, but most of the time, uh, you said majority of it's improv. I think if I was gonna be streaming an evil game, I would 
God, it's so hard to be like, because the improv is such the tape delay. Oh, wait, no, oh. that's the equipment is really expensive to do that kind uh, of stuff. You could do that. But yeah, like, I think you could probably do that in computer. So yeah, in theory, you could do a tape delay if you're really worried. But okay. I think I would have that hard conversation. Or it's not even a hard conversation. I mean, if you're going to be playing evil game, you need to have these conversations. Um, mm-hmm. It's we are not going to X, Y, Z. Right. And as a DM, I would probably get an idea of everybody's character stuff mm-hmm. like what their motivations are what they have in mind for their character and then you know as i'm planning as a dm you know making sure i'm i'm i don't know, josh you could probably say like you said like guiding in a way yeah yeah pretty much in the long run like you you had to like guide them it's like if you see it coming and be like well let's just you know try to push it this way but i think it'd be totally uh appropriate and maybe like hopefully people would be really happy to see this is like, if you see it coming to stop it during the stream, like we're not going to the subject. Right. Um, it show maturity. I think it would be a great way, a great role example, model and exam yeah. example for people watching to be like these kinds of, this is how you handle this kind of situation. Uh, situation. Yeah. So this is the kind of thing you could, you could see happening, but wouldn't necessarily recommend for novice GMs, novice streamers, things like that. Like this is, this would be streaming a game on, I mean, effectively on advanced mode more than anything else. But in theory, is doable. I think it's doable, but yeah, you definitely have to be very cognizant. And as somebody who's a new GM, I don't think I would have tackled an all-evil game, um, especially with our group of people, oh because we are crazy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I I personally wouldn't, because it's like just GMing in general, just you're, you're keeping track of so many things, and you have to add this whole other layer of like let's let's, let's watch out for these subjects and topics and yeah. stuff like that sure. yeah like yeah, I don't if you're streaming and you're brand new GM and, or yeah GM I can easily see topics just swerving right in front of them because they're worried about mechanics and pace and all this kind of stuff and try, trying to keep up and then all of a sudden it's like the conversation could easily just go right into a, a, an appropriate topic right yeah. okay um, so switching gears just a little bit um so if you were going to play in just a, a brand new game, uh, say that's an, a new GM, somebody else wants to give it a try, just going to switch things up a little bit, and you've got some character concept that you've been working on that's an evil PC, and a GM usually doesn't usually doesn't allow that. H- how would you how would you broach that conversation? So in this case, if we've got listeners out there who are like, hey, I've got this really interesting concept for this character who's a little bit darker, how do you how would you pitch that to both the GM and to the other players? Mm. Mm. That's a good question. Probably just. I, I mean, I know the first thing I was like is like, if I want to play this, I really want to play this character. Hey, Josh. Hey, Joshua. Oh uh, yeah, Amber. I really want to play this really cool character. Oh yeah, what is it? Well, she's a pixie. Okay. And she's evil. No, 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 no. Okay, 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 okay. okay. Just hold on. Like, she just really just wants to be undead. All right. All right. All right. Okay. 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 So. Like, how do you think that would uh, go? Well, I'm really worried about, like, Thomas's character as a paladin. How would they... I guess we probably need to have a talk with Thomas and figure out if there's a way for... How did... What was their, What was your motivation to be together? Right? Okay, yeah, yeah. If you could figure that out. Well, then... he's super shiny mm-hmm. and, like, you know, big yeah. and will protect me. Right, And but now you're probably going to need to have a talk with Com- Thomas to, you know, what, what was the thing that... Okay. 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 Him to you as well. Okay. Okay. So find some sort of like reason why we should be together. Right. Okay. Cool. I think we could do that. Yeah. All right. I'll talk to Thomas. Uh, do you want to be part of that email? Sure. Okay. 
that good for you, Josh? Yeah, like, oh man, like, scene, that was really well done, guys. Oh man, y'all just jumped into it. Uh, <laughs> yes! It's almost like you'll do this semi-professionally. Bam! <laughs> just semi. <laughs> Uh, I mean, unless you're making a lot more money off of podcasts than I do, then, uh, no. yeah. Oh, well, and, like, so going back to that kind of, like, session, like, another thing I would bring up would be, you know, you know, not only do I have to worry about Thomas, but are the other two okay with yeah. me being a pixie? And right. also, you know, what's, what are everybody's concerns if I'm going to be an evil pixie? Are, oh, are she going to steal my stuff? Are you going to constantly try to steal my stuff and play tricks on us? Right. Well, if that's something you guys don't want me to do, all right, well... I think I can allow for her to be something, you know, not that that's not really her nature because right. she's so morose. Or like you already went through that phase with the party and you already assumed that you guys already have some kind of relation before the campaign starts. Right. So Got that's it. kind of what I was, I would add to it. Got it. Um, and with some of that, so I mean, one thing that assuming we're going with the same scenario, your, pe- your pixie has this long-term goal of, I want to be undead. Mm-hmm. Assuming she achieves that goal and becomes this pixie lich, yes. which sounds yes. amazing. Oh, that's what I want. I mean, that's what I want. is that one of the things where you're going in knowing that, hey, if I achieve my goal, then Thomas the Paladin is going to come and he will smite me. No, I no, mean, no. It's wink, wink. Remember me, Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> don't you want to be a super cool like undead <laughs> don't, don't you want to be a black guard yeah, that'd, be pretty dude, cool. that'd be pretty sweet Thomas no, uh, that is, that... which is also that could be a very interesting character arc. Like, I, that's the kind of story that I would really like to see but I think that's one of those ones that would have to be done where everyone's coming in on the same page but in theory either option I think you know becoming these bitter blood enemies or mm. one corrupting the other like, those are both very interesting stories yeah. yeah, and yeah. so like we still have five, no, actually probably five to ten more years of Evil as Evil does because of just how our podcast schedules are work out. We actually go between Tales from Oxford and Evil as Evil does, so we don't play Evil as Evil does all the time. But like, yeah, those kind of end goals are kind of talked about and alluded to, but we have no idea how they're going to be executed or anything like right. that. Right. So yeah, yeah, I liked. Yeah, I'm not going to go into it. Yeah. I can't talk about it. spoilers. <laughs> yeah, um, but it. Yeah, there's definitely like hints and even characters right now are like like in in character they're like man milana which amber's character's name is like you could really mess me up and so they're like i'm glad we're work together and stuff like that (laughs) i'm like oh yes i could couldn't i (laughs) but then they're like yeah it's there's this everyone's kind of cognizant of everyone's abilities and they're they're working together but it's going to be delicious that last year of play of just like that slow tension that's been building up for at that point decades yeah yeah Yeah. interesting okay uh well i don't want to go on for too much longer i don't want to take advantage of y'all's time so as we're kind of wrapping things up any last thoughts you have for people who are looking to play evil characters try to run an evil campaign or one to kind of dip their toe in it and see if this is for them uh, I can give them a quick summation of pretty much what we just talked about. Make sure up front to have an agreement with the players in and out of character. Um, make sure to establish some kind of boundaries so you don't step like mess around with icky subjects that people are not comfortable with. Um, create some kind of reason as the DM to motivate the evil players and relying on each other and working together. And also uh, listen and like read your players to figure out like what they want to do, what you can do, and you know something we really didn't even talk about is just like when you're figuring out scenarios and hooks, you can always look at good stuff and just flip it on its head, which is really fun. Yeah. 
I mean, that's basically, you just wrote my show notes for me, so that makes this much easier. Uh, Amber, what about from you? Um, from a player aspect, um, like I, like I said earlier, always be talking. Like if you're worried about something, you should, you should feel empowered to say something. If it's, you can't do it in front of your group, you can go always talk to your GM, um, one off it and they can help you maybe communicate. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, communication. Communi- communication <laughs> is like, like I just need to get that tattooed across my back or like on my forehead. On your forehead yes. <laughs> communication. All right, well, that will bring us to the end of another episode of Performance Check. Uh, I'd like to go ahead and thank Amber and Josh for coming on. So really quick before we go, uh, Amber, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Rocket Orca, which is my personal Twitter. And uh, for my podcast, Shapeshift, I have a Twitter as well, and it is ShapeshiftCast. All right, fantastic. And uh, Josh, what about you? Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Evil, G- at Evil DM Josh. Uh, you can find the shows that I do, uh, Tales from Moxer and Evil as Evil Does, on Twitter at Geekspective. And you can find all of our great shows at Geekspective.com. All right, fantastic. Uh, thank you both very much. Uh, if anyone is wanting to get in touch with me, uh, you can find me on Twitter at John underscore M underscore Green. And uh, make sure you can check out both uh, the other episodes of Performance Check and a lot of other fantastic episodes at thetomeshow.com. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.